This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. The Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Yo, man, what's going on, dude? Uh, let me ask you. Um, so how's that? Uh, how's that apology coming, man? I'm, 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 I'm working still, on it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, well, you know what? People can give me all the all the shit they want, but the, here's the fact of the matter. I had my money, I had my hard-earned money put up on Bill O'Neill, okay? I threw down the max bet on Bill O'Neill, all right? So I didn't hear anybody from the corp. I didn't wake up to no text from nobody from the corp saying, yo, let me get a piece of that Bill O'Neill action, you know? I didn't wake up to any of those texts. So uh, I had my money on Bill O'Neill. Uh, you know, no one else did. I cashed a, a healthy ticket there, turning eighty-five dollars into like three sixty at a th- three, three, uh, three and a half to one fa- underdog there. So clearly, I wasn't that out of line either. If he's a three and a half to one underdog in that match, no. I mean, that's Smart a health, that's a healthy dog. Smart money, though. Smart money goes on Bill there, and it has zero to do with uh Bill um being bad. It's more of the odds, dude. Like the odds were in Bill's favor, and we all know that Bill can beat Belmo in a one or two game match. I mean, Bill is a top five bowler in the world. Top five. I mean, maybe not this year, but I would say in general, if you were to make a top five list of top bowlers right now on tour, I think Bill would make a top five list and give him plus three fifty odds. I think that's smart money, no? Yeah, plus with the format, right? I the mean- format, right? Yeah, this format kind of just falls into you know madness happening at, at, at some times, right? And and you know uh, we'll we'll talk about the matches a little bit later, but you know you you saw that a little bit here. I think Bill's match was probably uh, the 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 best example of that. What I'm what I'm referring to, but all right, Rob, uh, a few things to get into here before uh, before we actually review the action uh, from over the weekend, and and there's more action this weekend even though it's taped action and it's not live action and there's not going to be any betting on the action, uh, there will be bowling action on. And, you know, the the PBA, one thing they have done a really good job at is keeping the results of these tape shows uh, under wraps, right? So, uh, you know, I, I'll, pro- I'll probably be watching the shows myself not knowing much about who wins or who doesn't. So, um, you know, I would figure if, if we don't know, then there's probably not a lot of fans out there that are watching that know. Uh, so we'll, we'll review the, the shows from this past weekend, the live shows. We'll talk about the shows coming up. Uh, but first, Rob, it's why the people come every week. It's the main attraction around here at Sweep the Rack. It's my weekly uh, league review. I, I, I Oh, my God, this league season, bro, it's been the most frustrating league season I've ever bowled in my life. And that's saying something because I've I've had some uh, I've had some doozy league seasons for sure. Um, 
So everybody knows that Mr. X was on our team and Mr. X quit. Now, when Mr. X quit, he had somebody lined up to sub, okay, which was our old teammate, the guy the guy that we previously bowled with for five, six years in a row, who didn't bowl this year because he was planning to move. That didn't work out. The timing was different than what he thought it would be, so he was still around. So Mr. X quits. He gets our old teammate to come in and, and take his spot on our team, right? Somebody. And – uh, Mr. X tells us, because I brought up the idea that, you know, this guy who he's getting to fill in for him might move at any time, any day, any week. He might up and decide, oh, you know what? I'm out. So he says, oh, well, if that happens, then I'll come back and I'll, I'll fill in for him. But then a couple weeks later, Mr. X joined his own team, a new team in the league. So he's not available to do that anymore. Well, guess what happened over the weekend? He moved no, our league teammate injured himself, okay? Injured himself, all right? Injured his back. He was out for Tuesday. I text everybody I know. I text everybody I know that would possibly be available to sub. Nobody was available. So we had to show up, and we had to bowl with a with a you know an absent blind, uh, which means like you're losing, I think, 10% of the person's average. So, yeah, we were only getting, I think, like a 170 each game. And, uh, yeah, we got clobbered. Uh, I shot 570 myself, missed three makeables, <coughs> made a split, so got one of them back. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, the shots that I – honestly, I had the look I should have shot 750, but uh, I just made too many bad shots. I put it out. That's what I said on Twitter, like just poor execution on my part. And that's that's mainly what it is. You know, when you bowl on the on the harder stuff, I often leave thinking, man, I just got to get better. I just got to throw it better. I just got to throw it more consistently. And if you're talking that shit about, oh, it's the bowling ball and I didn't match up and da-da-da, you know, honestly, it's unless you're hitting what you're looking at eight, nine times out of ten, that's bullshit. The balls ain't going to help you. The lining up ain't going to help you. This ain't no, none of that. You got to be able to hit what you're looking at. You got to be able to repeat that shit. And yeah, I just, my repetition is just not at a high enough level right now. You know, I mean, sometimes it is, but at other times it's just horrendous. Like one game last night, Rob, I started out strike, 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 all great shots. I mean, I mean, great, dead flush, no doubters off my hand. By the time the ball's at the arrows, I know it's going to strike. Then I go gutter six. Okay? I go gutter six. Then I go crossover five nine chop it. Okay? Then I go big four through the face on the next shot. So let me ask you. Okay? And this is what, what it shows me. Shows me that it seems to be pretty mental more than it is physical because you, if you start off at front four, you probably would have three, to, in my three, opinion. But... Three, your first yeah. three shots, you probably started getting a little anxious and you probably started thinking too far ahead that, oh, I got a great look, right? Dude, there are some tournaments and some times when, like, you realize, like, oh, crap, I got a great look. Like, and you don't want to mess that up because you have such a good look that you put more pressure on yourself. And then mentally you start, okay, like I have a great look. I'm going to bowl great tonight. And then you just start making bad shots. So it shows that maybe like there's also uh, um, some some mental like game you need to like maybe sharpen up 
I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, it's not too much mental with me. I don't think I'm very relaxed when I'm bowling. I'm very relaxed when I'm bowling. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Dude, you're bowling like Sherry. I bet you Sherry. I bet you Sherry will beat you, Mike. Probably. I, I haven't seen Sherry bowl. Not on the tough. Not on the tough. I'll take that match on the tough. Maybe <laughs> on the easy, she might beat me. She might, you know, pop a two sixty eight or something. But on the tough, I'll take that. Uh, yeah. No, I honestly, I don't think it's mental with me. I do think it's more physical. I think it's just me not not really knowing so clearly what the keys are for me to throw a successful shot each time oh. because when things get out of whack a little bit i don't really know why i threw right. it so bad oh, like so that's I, important i know i know it's so important and like i'm i'm changing a few things in my game so i'm still trying to figure out like all right you well, know what you need to do you know what you need to do here's video a really tape good myself it's what i've been doing well are you videotaping yourself during league no, I should. We, you know, <laughs> we've said for some time that that would be great content. And, yeah, you know, I thought to myself today because I was thinking of, at lunch, I was thinking about my league night last night, and I just – I was – I mean, I'm abusive to myself. I'm verbally abusive to myself when I'm bowling. And uh, if you would have had me mic'd up last night, that would have been comedic gold for, for bowling uh, bowling content. So, yeah, I feel well, like, I feel like well, eventually we're going to have to go the – go the Darren Tang route and like mic me up for league night and set up a camera or two. And it's going to have to be like a weekly thing. No, Yo, you need, you need the Smallwood coach from the TV show, man. Keep your elbow in. That's, <laughs> that's a great comment, Brian. Um, but look, like here's the deal is you could videotape yourself practicing for hours and throw 30 strikes in a row. And then you look at the video and you're like, man, I'm throwing it good. Once the lights go on, and there is a mental aspect to it, right? Because the lights are on, and then you're not focusing on what you normally focus on when you're practicing. You're focusing on results more than you're focusing on process when you're bowling league. I feel like that could affect the way you throw the ball. So my my opinion or my piece of advice to you would be video yourself bowling league. And if, if even if it's just one game or two games, and don't use it for content or YouTube or anything like this that maybe we want to do it for your own, like, self to like learn something and then obviously you're gonna look at your bad shots and your good shots and then you could compare them even um and see what happened on this shot compared to what happened on that shot and maybe you could pick up something uh maybe you could send that video and you could hire mark baker for an hour go to mark baker bowling and send him the video and say here's a, a um or maybe work with me i'll break up your game so that you only see your shots of the league send it to him and say, Hey, like, can you like break down why my bad shots are bad? And then get someone who knows what they're looking at and, or you get Bill or Bill's dad to look at you honestly, and have them look at your bad shots during league. And then you could focus. Okay. My feet are getting way too fast. My, um, my, like my, 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 like my push away gets in or my feet are slow or my timing's off. And that way, when you have three, four in a row, you could focus on that specific part of that shot and you might make more better shots. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I mean, if I had, if I had uh, a lot of time and resources to invest in it, I definitely would, but I'll, I'll, I'll try and try and go that route with the, with the taping of a league session. I think that would be interesting, but yeah, honestly, well, here's a, here's I, I, interesting felt, I felt like I had, I had a seven fifty look last night and shot five seventy. Dude, it's, you know, this is such a great comment. He writes, it's crazy how one thought, just any thought at all, can change everything. 
there's a reason why some of the best in the world miss single pin spares. Honestly, because all it takes is one lapse of a split second mentally to literally like lose your whole shot. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you're 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 right. You know, you're absolutely right. That's kind of can't. What up? What up? I saw you won a you won a, a Aniba over the weekend. Yes, you won Aniba. You're going to be a Carolier on Saturday, or are you bowling the regional? You're a regional guy now. I don't know. So yeah, I'm a I'm bowling a I'm bowling a tournament on Saturday, Rob. Uh, oh, Rob, Rob, Rob. I'm <laughs> homie. I'm in it for the punishment. I'm in it for the punishment. Uh, I'm bowling a tournament of Carolier on the U.S. Open number two pattern. Uh, what what many of the pros uh, said is the hardest pattern they've ever bowled on. Is it so, a Greg's hat? Uh, uh, no, a- no, it's a, a Doug LaCorey uh, bulge oh. event. So uh, it's right, you know, right around the corner. I feel bad. I actually had to drop out. I committed to bowl a doubles tournament that that Dougie is running on the same day, and uh, I had a partner lined up as well. And then this tournament came into my radar, and it's only fifteen minutes from my house as opposed to over an hour for Dougie's event. So yeah, I had to hit up Dougie and the guy that I was going to bowl with and tell them that I was going to have to drop out and bowl this one. But um, yeah, I'll be a Carolier on Saturday bowling on the U.S. Open pattern. And a lot of the good bowlers ain't going to be there, Rob, because there's a regional in Maryland. So I feel like if I bowl well, I might be able to do something. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, John, average, Johnny in the chat, what's up? Average is pr- approximately 164. I I doubt that, but that pattern is really hard. Um, you know. Oh, so I'm right gonna there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and pull my hair out on Saturday. But that's all right. I got a, I got a nice I got a nice dinner plan Saturday night. Me, the wife, couple, a few couples are going out to dinner. It's a place that I've been looking forward to hitting up. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't matter how I bowl on Saturday afternoon. I'm going to enjoy myself Saturday night. Easter is Sunday. Going to have the fam over. You know, Easter Bunny's coming for the kids. Also want to say, uh, Johnny, saw you saw that you guys started a podcast. Check it out. I'm sorry. The name is – Rob, what's the name? It's like a straight up five or – Straight um, up five. I think you're right. Some, something like Johnny, that. Johnny, right? dr- drop, the, drop the name in the chat. Drop the link in the chat. Guys, check out his podcast as well. I feel like in a year or two, everybody's going to have a bowling podcast. It's just going to be like everyone has a podcast. But it's cool. You know, I like uh, check content. it out. I, I saw it pop up on my YouTube feed, and uh, I was like, yo, I got to check it out. Got to give it a listen. So. Yo, I like bowling content. I mean, there, there, there could never be enough of it, honestly. So, like – I don't even look at it as like any kind of competition competition. Like, I don't care. Like that doesn't matter to me. Like, it's can I, content. can I counter that just by suggesting that we, I spend way too much time on my phone. Oh yeah. I know. That's the last thing you do. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. like, I, I get caught up in the bowling content, Rob. And the next thing you know, like I'm in a YouTube, a YouTube black hole of bowling content. You know, like it starts off good. It starts off well. But then by the time I get to the end, I'm watching like random bowling videos of people practicing. Well, let me be clear. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. I like listening to bowling content for people who know what the hell they're talking about. Okay. (laughs) Um, I I like Johnny's show because obviously Johnny knows what the hell he's talking about. Right. I like Stu and Beef and Barnsey because obviously they know what the hell they're talking about. Right. Like. 
I like shows that people know bowling and they're making educated and funny and making it entertaining, right? I'm not going to watch some bronze level coach tell me on how to play the lanes, right? Like that's not ball reviews. What are you telling me? You're not watching ball review videos. I'm not watching ball. Re- ball reviews, You're watching your brother's ball review videos, but that's he's, different. Well, he knows know? what he's talking about, right? He's, yeah. he's super I, well, smart. I'm still not watching the ball review videos, but I love your brother. Got much love for him anyway, but yeah, I yeah. feel you on supporting him, but yeah. no, listen, I, I'm serious though. Like, I get deep into the, <laughs> I get too deep into the bowling content, bro. Some of the stuff that I come up on, you people, you'd honestly judge me. People would judge me if they knew what I was so, watching on YouTube for the bowling. I concert. love this, Captain so, Polish, man. I so listen me, to you guys me, all day at work. Me checking out a podcast by by Johnny, you know, is like uh, that's that's like tip of the iceberg type stuff for yeah. me. So, Captain Polish, eighty nine, and listen to you guys all day at work should be caught up in about a year. Captain, do me a favor. I would love to know um, what your favorite episode or interview was. Uh, I feel like I, I have so many, but I love to like ask the fans when they're watching or binge listening to all of our shows on what their favorite episode was. So uh, just you know, hit us up, email us, or even let us know in the chat what you, what your best episode was in your opinion. Um, but all yeah, right, Rob, so- I'm I'm bowling a tournament this weekend. You're bowling a tournament this weekend. Sweep the rack. We're everywhere this weekend. I'm bowling um, Saturday. I got an hour reserved at B3, so I'm getting some practice in on Saturday afternoon. I'm probably going to drill up my new gold storm Belmont bowling ball, which I'm all excited about. Um, Yo, you see, you people see how he loves to rub it in. You see this? <laughs> you see this? And um, let me say, let me say something. I'm put, I'm, I'm going to put this out there generally. I do way more favors for professional bowlers than this guy does. Let me say that. I do way more. I do way more favors. So, you know, well, let me tell you something, Mike. I go way back with these guys. Okay, I gotta, I gotta start calling it, calling in some, uh, some paybacks. I, I knew these guys before they were pros, Mike. I knew these guys when they were still <laughs> 18, 19 years old. Um, yeah. Oh, he blocked me. <laughs> yeah, you're getting blocked because you're, you're flexing on people. Dude, I love. I it. flexed. That ball's so sick, dude. I don't even want to drill it, by the way. I just want to put it on a mantle and just, like, leave it there. It's How so much cool. is that ball? Sherry's saying she won't pay that price for any ball. How much is it? Who says I pay for it? <laughs> oh, he didn't pay. I know I know he didn't pay for it. Are you kidding me? Don't think I'm suggesting that. But I'm asking I'm not how much I is did. it. I'm not saying I did it. I'm just not commenting if I would pay. It was $300, uh, that ball. 300 400 Somebody's saying 400 No, it was 300 300 um, Okay. All yeah, right. yeah, it was 300 on Bowler's Mark. All um, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, anyway. whatever. So, um, What are you bowling? I'm bowling another um, a CBE uh, event in about 45 minutes from here. I'm bowling a Kegel Kryptonite. Um, I'm not sure. I looked up what the pattern is. I, I never bowled on it. I, I'd imagine there, there will be low scoring. I won't think it'll be as low scoring as Red Square was last uh, time I bowled the CBE. But the event's on a Sunday afternoon, which is on Easter? I like it. On Easter Sunday. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I, I like the fact – well, I'm not celebrating Easter. Oh, please. Let me tell you something, Anthony. Patch Piper Rob. That's right. That's right, son. Tell him. I earned I earned my patch. I earned that, okay? I earned it. I'm going to have to kick you off of this podcast if you keep it up. Hey, I used to be a Patch Pirate, but let me tell you something. I earned that patch, okay? I don't own a pro shop. You know, I just know. I look, man, I know the right people, okay? What can I say? Um, (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, so um, I'm going to be practicing Saturday, Sunday. I'm getting ready to bowl Memorial Day weekend, Mike. I'm going to the USBC Nationals. Okay. Um, do you know, I found out who my doubles partner is. Uh, I'm actually bowling with Wesley Lowe, which I was very excited to hear, um, considering how it's at the South Point Stadium. And they seem to be pretty playable this year. Uh, I'm going to need my A game, Mike, because Wesley Lowe is probably going to shoot like 890 for <laughs> for doubles. And I'm not going to go there and bowl 500. So um, I really need to tighten up my game, Mike. Uh, I have a really good solid team, too. Um, and uh, I don't. I really don't want to be low man. So, um, wow, I'm getting the shade thrown at me all day here by being Bill's friend. Let me tell you something, okay? I knew Bill. We knew Bill way before. Bill was my friend back in juniors, okay? People were going over to Bill and asking Bill if they knew me, okay? <laughs> Let me put that out, okay? It's true. You want to know why, though? No, it is. It's true. You want to know why? It's because Rob got featured in, in Bowling this month. I did. Okay, As Rob got featured in Bowling this month. They used to have a, 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 a feature on the back page called future stars of tomorrow. tomorrow future star yo listen you think i forget this son future stars of tomorrow okay and we all got this magazine like bill and me and joe we used to read this magazine at the bowling alley and uh and you know etc so um we pick it up one month and we see this kid in there from 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 around our area from brooklyn new york and it said, you know, it's got his accomplishments in there and whatnot. I think we may have seen you at a JVT or two at that point. And, uh, but yeah, I will say that that kind of had Rob at like junior bowling celebrity status for a little while, you know, like because he was in the bowling this month, future stars of tomorrow. I mean, you know, the only other person I remember being featured in there was um, Roy Kalanquin. That's it. it. Was, you, you that, and that him legendary. were the only two people I ever remember. Seeing featured in that portion of the, I think the Andras Beatty or uh, An you know Andrew, the, Andrew Hyman, Andrew, Andrew K. K. You're right, you're right. I remember that one. I remember that Eddie one. Kirtley. Okay. Eddie Kirtley, Eddie Kirtley. Okay, yeah, he State. was a lefty, right? Arizona State right. lefty. Yeah. Uh -huh. See, yeah, but here's yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah. Can I say though, some of the people that were featured in there when I eventually got to see them bowl in college and bowl a junior gold and they didn't live up to the hype. But you, I'm going to admit, Rob lived up to the hype, not only in the way he threw it, but also in, in, in his swag on the lanes. You know, oh, but there's, that's, there's not even a question. Mike is the best Jersey bowling coach ever to come out of the state of Jersey. I'm the best junior high school ever high school. come out of Brooklyn. Ever come out of Brooklyn. And I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody who wants to argue that point. Okay, this show is not about how good – I feel like Al Bundy, Mike. I want to talk about my high school, like four touchdowns, one game, the high school glory days. Right? I was going to say, Gil, um, I've heard Gil Barkman. I've no, heard Gil Barkman was, was no, like a beast of, no. a, of a junior bowler. He's in he the was, chat he sometimes. Yo, He's in he the chat great. sometimes, so I he don't know. Great. He might he have something great. to say if he hears this. He was great. Um, Cavagnaro like, was wasn't a Brooklyn guy, though. He was Long Island He was. Guy. He was born and raised in Brooklyn, though. Okay. All right. Yeah, he lived in Canarsie. He lived like literally 10 minutes from me. I grew up with Cavagnaro. I mean, I knew the kid since he was nine years old. He bowled at first 300 at 10, 11 years old with me on a Friday night doubles league uh, with an AMF ninja. If anybody remembers that black ball, the original ninja. 
Um, it was like 12 pounds, I think. He bowled a 300 with Alex. Um, but Mike, I love Nico. About Nico asked me if I'm taking a job coaching a women's bowling. Nico, I wish. I wish. I wish there was a place. In, I've applied for three different New Jersey college coaching jobs, uh, and I haven't gotten any of them. Did they, uh, you, didn't, you didn't give them references, did you, to call people? That they, yeah, of course I did. They didn't see the video that you were on the uh, the, the what was the video of you on the parental uh, school board, right? <laughs> like, no, no, this was this was this was several years back. Uh, one one <laughs> job I applied for, and I I even if they would have offered me the job, I wasn't going to take it because I could tell that they weren't serious about building a winning program, and they actually ended up getting rid of the program like a few years later. Um, the other job I applied for, I really wanted it and I felt like I had a good chance of getting it, but I found out, uh, after I went on the interview that there was already somebody that they, they were connected to and that they were going to hire. And then, uh, the third place that I went to for an interview was, was a little bit far, uh, and, uh, yeah, I didn't end up having that much interest in it just because of the commute that would have been involved in practicing and, and doing things of that nature. But I agree with Anthony, like uh, I've emailed Rutgers before and I've told them like, listen, you know, if you're ever interested in starting a, a serious, you know, women's bowling program or women's and men's bowling program, um, you know, hit me up. We could, we could definitely Dude, make it happen. I feel like it, Shari, I feel like it needs to be a reality show of a, of a camera crew following around Mike one as a parent, and two is him at the mic is the school board meetings. I feel like that would be an amazing tale of two tapes: kind, loving father, and then complete savage at school board meetings. Um, I feel like yeah. that's the way Mike uh, is built, but it's it's hilarious. Um, no doubt, yeah. Right. Check well, out so check Mike. out Jimmy check out Jimmy's uh, check out Jimmy's social media. The Ringing Ten, the Ringing Ten yeah. on Twitter. Okay. He's got it up there. All right, so let's talk uh, bowling because people, me and Mike could talk about our glory days probably until the freaking cows come home. We could have a six-hour episode tonight if we do that. Um, but there were actually people who were bowling for bowl for a living. Who <laughs> bowl for a living, not us, um, on, uh, on this past weekend. Mike, the PBA playoffs kicked off. And um, what an amazing show to kick off, right? At first match out of the gate. They come swinging with, you know, best friend versus best friend, you know, roommate versus roommate, Bill O'Neill versus Jason Belmonte. And, Mike, the match didn't disappoint. It really didn't. It was a crazy match. Um, it, it, it was definitely a carry contest for a little bit. I feel like Belmonte caught a bunch of really bad breaks. Uh, that really probably uh, essentially maybe cost him that match. Um, but oh, it Mike, absolutely cost him the match. I mean, it cost him, it cost him it cost him the first game, and therefore yeah. cost him the match. Um, is there a penalty for hitting the pins too hard? Because I because <laughs> I feel I feel like that's what happened. Like he hit them too hard, and there was a penalty for hitting them too hard, and that was like. The four pin blowing over the top of the seven pin. You know, I gotta stop what we're doing here to read this comment because this made me laugh. Our best episode so far was when me and you were remember we were designing our own bowling eyes. Is that where I put a strip, a strip joint in the bowling alley? <laughs> I think you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. 
Dude, the shit, we, we, we need to do more of that. Okay, anyway, sorry. I, I was just thinking about getting a lap dance while I was bowling. And I, I mean, remember that skit we used to There was make. a point on this podcast where we were calling bowling alleys and asking them if they had eight-pound balls. So, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've kind of run the gamut here across the board of everything. But uh, I don't know. See, like I, I'm all about that kind of stuff. Rob, he likes to keep it a little more tight, tight around here. But you know. me. what are you talking about? I love that shit. Yo, do you remember when that lady, uh, the owner of the bowling alley, kicked the people out because they didn't? They were talking. And we tried to, to call. We tried to call, <laughs> tried to call them. I know. Yeah, that was good stuff. Oh, good old days. I feel. Like all right, back to the action. Back we can't. We action. can't. We can't stay on the present tonight for some reason. We need a best of episode. Maybe we'll do that on like our 500 episode or something where we'll <laughs> go through all of our episodes. That would be good. What's um, up, Rock? What's up, Rock? Rocky's here. Rocky's uh, here. Right so, next to me. Yeah, listen, I think there was a penalty for hitting the pins too hard, and the penalty was blasting the four pin over the top of the seven. And that's what happened yeah. to him at least twice. The other two seven pins, I think, were con- were not as good. Like, I mean, they were still great shots and shots I would really be pissed off if they didn't strike on for me. But uh, I'm not Jason Belmonte. So uh, for his standard, I think they could have been a little bit better. But certainly in two instances, uh, you know, he got absolutely robbed. So, yeah, that was the difference in the match, and it went to a roll-off. The second game wasn't even really close because Bill lost his look halfway through the game with the urethane, and it stopped Yeah, it stopped hooking down lane, and you knew he was going to have to switch balls and find something for the roll-off, and he was able to do that almost to the point where he sort of got back in the match and made it made it a match anyway with a few frames to go. And then missed the spare. Then missed the spare, goes to the roll-off, and, uh, you know, yeah, like, Great Bill pressure, great, one bad shot. great pressure bowling by Bill. So let me ask you, um, just your curious thought. How do you feel about the TV format of them bowling a game or going a best of two and then going to a, a two frame roll off? Like, what are your thoughts on that specific format for the show? I mean, I just think that whatever the roll off portion is, I want it to be a little more significant because when you go one and one, and if you split, you got to bowl a roll off. I mean, a lot of the matches are likely going to go to a roll off. So it, it was one shot in previous installments of this event. Now it's a uh, ninth and 10th frame. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know that there's tradition in bowling with either ninth and 10th frame roll off or one shot roll off. You know, would I would I be completely out of line to suggest that maybe it's a three frame roll off? You know, add an extra frame there, make it a little bit longer, and give give each player a little bit more, or maybe even a half game, a five frame roll off. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. You know, um, so I, I don't care. I, I like the one and one. I don't have a problem with that. I just think that. It, it has a lot to do, and I know we're I know we're likely going to go here as part of the conversation when we're done. But going to that ninth and tenth frame roll off or that one shot roll off, it really just has a lot to do with luck. I mean, obviously you have to make good shots, but they're softer. I mean, they're not hard right now, um, and I feel like the pros are going to really take advantage of it after bowling on some of the crap they've been bowling on the last few months um, between the Masters and. You know the other, you know the, the U.S. Open and whatnot, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the format. I, I don't have a problem with it. I like the match play format aspect of it. Um, I don't really. I'm not a fan of the ninth and ten frame roll off. I think you're on the 
you're on the point with a five frame game, I think that would be more interesting where you bowl four frames than a 10 frame. Now they would, would they be able to put two matches on one show because of that? Probably not. Um, so now you're looking at like having a problem with the TV airtime and getting in two matches in that time slot. Um, so I guess for what it is and for them to be able to put two matches on a show, um, I don't mind it. And I think it's okay. I was just getting your, your, your I think it's okay too. Like I, I, I agree with Chris here in the chat. He's saying, you know, the ninth and 10th is much better than the one ball. It's less yeah, I agree with that. Well, the, totally the agree with that. Terrible. And and that that's why I would advocate for if we can even extend that a little more, I'd like to extend that a little more, you know, uh, get, get that luck factor a little uh, out of there even, even more so. Um, but you're right, Rob. I mean, obviously it's got to be tailored to TV and uh, has to be tailored to the time frame, you know, that they're kind of working with, especially being that it's taped and, you know, some of these are going to be taped anyway. But all right. Yeah. So I'm back to the action. Bill, Bill, yeah. Bill beats Belmo, right? And he's he's gonna move on. Uh the other the other match. and can I can I say before we move on? Fox bet sucks. I'm gonna say it again. I feel like I say it every time live bowling is on and I'm trying to bet. Yeah, they just suck. It's just terrible. This everything's hard to find. You can't you can't bet on the matches b- before they take place it's like you can only bet on the first one then the second one then the third no they should have all been posted there from the beginning you know here's the matches that are going on today bet on them whenever you want then they posted them in another spot that was hard to find but then when the first show started you couldn't bet on the second show's matches because it was like they thought the shows were the same you know like they got to work this stuff out, man. I'm telling bowl betting on bowling is is going to be a big part of making bowling take the next the next jump and the next leap, you know. But uh, I really enjoyed being able to bet on it, you know. Obviously, since Bill won, I also had action on this next match, Rob. That's why I brought it up. I had action on the Kyle Troop match as well. Uh, I took Kyle, I think, for sixty five bucks to win a hundred and thirty. I think they were both uh, minus 110 in this match. Here's my point. Here's my viewpoint. And I said this last week is it was hard to make predictions because we didn't know how the shot was going to play. We didn't. And I feel like as educated fans, I can make better predictions on the bracket based on what the shot is doing. We, had a chance to see what the left side was going to look like too with, with, with Packy bowling in the, in the next show. Um, but I mean, after seeing Bill and Belmo's match, if you were to ask me who would have won troop or rash, I would have probably bet on troop more than rash because of the fact that the scores were going to be higher and troop, you know, obviously is probably would have had a better carry percentage due to the higher rev rate and him being able to overpower the lanes, right, when Rash couldn't. So that, you know, I wish we could do the predictions over again after we saw, like, the first match. But I feel yeah, like Yeah, uh, I, just, I just took Troop just based, honestly, off of being, you know, two-handed rev rate. They're probably going to be striking a lot is what well, I thought. i got to bring this up. Nico uh, writes, can I also say Sean Rash need to stop whining? Dude, what's so wrong with somebody showing emotion on TV these days, Mike? I love Rash for live TV. 
The kid is great entertainment. You never know what he's going to do. You never know what he's going to say, right? He's not afraid to speak his mind. He's not afraid to show emotion. Why, Mike, why are so people so afraid of this? Like, what is so bad about what he does? So what? He cursed on TV. So what? He was pissed at a, uh, um, a score, like, moved while he was shooting a 10-pin. Mike, Pete Weber did the same shit back in his day, and people loved him for it. And Rash is very doing very similar to what Pete was doing, and everybody is all on Rash's case. Like, why are people so scared of emotion in, in these days? Mike, to me, it just annoys me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, and Nico's clarifying here in the chat that he was referring to his back hurting and the light going off. Well, they mean, asked him about it, though. They asked him about <laughs> his back, though. I know, I know, and I, and, and as far as the light going off, I mean, that shouldn't happen on, on, a, on a telecast for this amount of money. You know, I, I kind of agree with him there. Oh. <laughs> Dude, we got to talk about this, too, because Rash, I don't know if people heard that, but he balked, and then he stepped back, and he's like, oh, people are clapping for this now, too. This is great. This is awesome. I love this kind of shit, Mike. This is what makes bowling entertaining. You know what I mean? And this is why people love Pete Weber because Pete Weber was bound to do anything at any time, and he was must-watch TV. Mike, Sean Rash is must-watch TV these days when he bowls on TV. Am I wrong? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> you know, I, I also think that generally, you know, to speak to your point before, um, you know, more generally speaking, like I don't know why this is these thing instances are such a big deal in the bowling community either, Rob. I mean, you see this kind of stuff in other sports with like trash talking and back and I mean, sometimes it's even physical fighting between players. NASCAR. So the yeah, there was just a fist fight between NASCAR guys. You're right. So you know, Tiger Woods dropped an f bomb at the Masters over the weekend at, at one point, and I saw that kind of go go viral. So like. I think a lot of people enjoy seeing that side of sports and, and athletics. Not all the time, obviously, but you know, you Kevin, from time Ke- to time when it comes out. I saw Kevin Durant, dude, yelling at a fan that was telling him he needs to step up his game. Yeah. He turns around and is like, "Shoot, shut the fuck up!" Like, I don't even want to hear you anymore. Yeah. Um, so, and 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 in terms of, I'll also go to that side if you want. I also think that the bowlers themselves are somewhat soft in some regards about, you know, taking criticism or, you know, pe- people people like us, I'll just say it, you know, people like us who are commentating on bowling, uh, you know, perhaps uh, commentating on their performances. You know, I mean, this is a part of being a professional athlete. I would say that for the fans' perspective and being soft, and I would say that for the athletes too. Um, but, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and – uh, you need you you need that kind of entertainment, Rob. Dude, I agree. You need that kind of entertainment. If Rash wants to be like a villain or whatever, you know it is. He's he's being himself. And the one thing that I've learned about Sean Rash is he doesn't care what people say or think about him. And that's why he's so great because he does what he does. He says what he says, and he is just he don't care about what everybody else thinks of thinks of him. He doesn't. He's he's more he's he's. You know, he has his friends and his his close friends and his family, and he's, you know, he, he takes care of that, and he, he has his own, you know, people. And outside of that, he's must-watch TV, Mike. When Rash is on TV, everybody wants to watch because you never know what the hell he's going to do, and I love him for it. Well, 
you're going to be disappointed, Rob, because uh, he's out. Because he Kyle Troop went 266, 266. And, the Troop is uh, good for TV too, though. Yeah, the mat the match wasn't was never even really close. Uh, you know, we all know that that Sean had suffered an injury uh, earlier in the season. Don't you know? I, he commented on it obviously in an interview. I don't know how much it was affecting him out on the lanes, but to me, it didn't really seem that uh, that he had his A game with him uh, from from the jump. So Troop goes on. He Troop's going to bowl Bill in the next round. Okay. Do people are like, oh, he can't be bowled that bad? He bowls five days a week, Lee. I love that. I love our, yeah, our if fans. You're, are the if, best, you're, Mike. if you're bowling five nights a league, five nights a week in league, yeah, definitely can't be complaining if the back hurts. That's for sure. Yeah, but I, I love our fans, Mike. I love our our, our people who watch our show, dude. They're it's passionate. So They're passionate dude, the, people. The sweep the rack family never forgets, dude. And <laughs> they 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 love it. they are they know everything that's going on. Or like, <laughs> so uh, Bill is going to take on Troop in the next round. All right, and yes. that that I think. I'm pretty sure by now it's already taken place. Um, so you know, obviously, we'll we'll we will see things unfold as uh, as they air these taped shows here. But going to the second show, uh, Rob, you had Dom Barrett against Packy Hanrahan, and I actually, after watching the first two matches, I really liked Packy's chance in this match because I knew he was going to be throwing urethane and a purple hammer. And he was going to be on the left side, and he would be the only one there. And he wouldn't really have, uh, you know, there, there wouldn't be much traffic there for him to deal with. And I thought, like, wow, if he can really get up and execute well, he might he might really have a chance in this match. And he did. He did have a chance in the match. Uh, he, You know, the first game uh, w- was tough because, you know, obviously Dom shot 280, and uh, you're not, you're not going to best that in a lot of situations. But Packy comes back strong with 255 the next game. And, you know, in the roll-off, uh, obviously he didn't make his best shots. But I also feel like, he, uh, you know, his his carry was not all that great. And, you know, Dom kind of got him easily in that two-frame roll-off. Yeah, I honestly, the, the feeling that I had watching that match was, I don't, you, Packy did have a chance to win, but I just had that feeling that he wasn't going to win. I just... And that's the thing about using urethane when you're bowling like people who don't aren't using urethane, it's it, it might come back to bite you eventually, on especially in a high scoring pattern. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I I, I might have liked Packy's chances if the scores were a little bit lower, but after Dom shot 280 coming out of the gate, I just kind of was like, Yeah, Packy's gonna need to try to outstrike. Uh, you know, Barrett using a resin or performance. And there's really only a few lefties that can strike with righties when their scores are are, are high. And, and those two lefties, to me, are Jacob Buttriff and Jesper Sensen. I don't think there's any other pro or lefty pros out there right now that could actually keep up high, uh, high scoring using urethane. You know what I okay. mean? Yeah, I mean, in a, in a, you know, in a two-game match, I kind of disagree with you. Over the longer haul, I I, I agree. In a, in a two game yeah. match, I disagree though. I think you know somebody like Packy with a purple hammer in their hand can be dangerous in this kind of format. You know because Maybe, to go you know two sixty two sixty is like you know it, it's definitely not something that's out of the question. But you're you're right. I mean the, the competition up in the roll off though. Yeah, the competition is stiff here. You know there's there's no question. I mean it's the top sixteen guys. So like there's there's no there's no free pass here at all. 
right? There's no free pass. So, yeah. Um, yeah, these okay. are great lefties. Look, I'm not saying Matt Russo or Kevin Williams like aren't great lefties, but no, I think what, what Rob what is saying. saying is that you got, you know, you really have to be striking at a premium you now in, in, in an event like this. And, you know, to him, there's, there's really only two guys on the left side currently that can, that can strike at that premium uh, on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, look like Kyle Troop just went two sixty two sixty. Okay. So will you put Kyle Troop using a performance bowling ball two handed? Would I take odds of him beating any lefty using a urethane or anybody using a urethane? I would put my money on Kyle Troop, Mike. Yeah, just, I mean, Rob, j- just just you know, to 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 that point as well. The winning scores in all these matches. You ready? Two forty seven, two fifty eight, two sixty six, two sixty six. 280, 280 255, 255, 210, and then 258. 258. So the so, average is easily 250 to 260s. Yeah, you know. if you're not shooting 250, you're, you're probably not winning. Right. So, so. Your urethane, though, gives you a slightly less chance of shooting that 250 because all it takes is two or three, like, you know, flat sevens or, 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 you know, flat tens or whatever it is, or, just a couple of bad breaks. I mean, obviously you can have that happen when you use high performance, but the percentages are are greater of you doing that using urethane. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So on to the so again, Barrett moves on. Uh Prather against Miller. You know, the first game was close in this match, two ten to two oh five, but the second game Prather ran one going away, two fifty eight, two twelve. Dude, I love Prather's chances on this pattern, dude. And I Prather's thought after- a bad man, dude. That dude but I thought Yo, he's Mike. the he's the best one handed bowler on the planet. Yo, I mean, after the first four so frames, sick. he had the first four frames and he went Brooklyn. After the fourth shot, I, I said to myself, "Dude, Brad Miller has no chance to win this match." And then it got really close, and I'm like, "Wow, I was wrong." I'm glad I didn't tweet any of that out. But I really think that Prather is going to be really hard to beat on this pattern. Um, if anybody is going to be able to beat him, it's going to be Kyle Troop. So I would, you know, depending on what happens with Kyle and Bill, I, 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 I like Prather's chances to climb the bracket here. Like, honestly, like, if you ask me a pick for this whole tournament right now, Prather would probably be my pick. But we'll see. Dude, Dude's a sicko. Yeah, he's really, he's really good when you can get left and throw it right. Dude's a sicko. I mean, he's he, so he, he's like, he's, you know, like I said, he's the best one-handed bowler on the planet right now. And the best two-handed bowler on the planet's already out of the tournament. So, you know. Kyle Troop would be the only one. In, if I'm you know, if I'm Chris Prather, I like my chances, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, me too. All right, Rob. Uh, here's, the, here's what I thought about. Uh, well, let me ask you something first. Oh, go ahead. You're going to cut me off. Go ahead. I'm going to cut you off. I put up a tweet about luck being um, prevalent more in bowling than other sports. And I want your thoughts on this because after watching the show and seeing, you know, like what happened when, uh, you know, Chris Prather goes Brooklyn, Brad Miller gets up pocket seven tens, Jason Belmonte high flushes a seven pin like three times in his first match. Um, is luck more prevalent in bowling than it is in other sports like golf or games 
that are, are starting to come up, like bags and darts, right? Where we could probably compare a little bit to bowling, right? And my in, in my further point is bowling is one of the only sports slash games where you can throw the ball 12 times bad, meaning not hit where you're looking at and have a successful game and actually bowl very well compared to if I was on a golf course or playing darts or playing bags, if I threw it 12 bad, if I had 12 bad shots or golf, I made five bad shots. I'm not going to get the results, but bowling, I can get the right results even with the bad shots. So I'm going to throw it to you. What do you think on that take and those in that thought? Well, first of all, I have to respond to a comment in the chat here before I address somebody. Charles has asked me if I'm forgetting about EJ Tackett. I mean, do you mean am I forgetting about something that he won? Because I don't. In in order to be the best one-handed bowler on the planet, you better win some tournaments, you know, and more than a doubles event. So I don't know, my man. Yeah, you know, it's I'll, arguable. I'll, it's arguable. I'll it's arguable. If we're talking qualifying, it's arguable. Ooh. You know, but you know, it's arguable. You, you drive for show and you putt for dough, okay? And Prather's got the wins, right? So so I'm, I'm going to stick with that. Um, <laughs> Rob, uh, inherently, yes, obviously, bowling is a sport that is greatly affected by luck. You know, what, what, what you made me think of is that, you know, the, then, then all the 300s that take place on a daily basis on house bullshit are all luck. Because you're saying, you know, the person's not throwing a good shot. They're not doing what they're trying to do, but they're still getting a good result. You know, now I know that's not necessarily what you're talking about. You're talking about the breaks of the game, you know, the breaks of the game. I, I don't know. I mean, I think every sport has the breaks of the game. I think there's 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 pieces of luck involved in all sports, the way a ball bounces, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I could give a million examples, right? Yeah, but that uh, happens even, even in golf, even in golf, yeah, you but, know, guys, okay, so guys hit golf. bad shots and they get a good lie or they end up with a good lie or, you know, they, they hit it. They don't hit it the way they wanted to, but their read was wrong and it ends up being correct. You know, so, so here's I, my point to this. Okay. Because like golf, yes, you could hit a bad shot and you could get a good result, but if you consistently hit bad shots, you're going to consistently score bad, right? Bowling, on the other hand, you can consistently make bad shots and you can consistently get breaks in order and actually have a, a game where you could bowl a 240 or a 250 and, and maybe throw the ball maybe once or twice and hit where you're looking at. Okay. No, also, I see. I, if you're bowling on the tougher stuff, though, I don't I'm believe not talking that to that. be the case. I'm All not right. Talking okay. All stuff. right. I'm talking in general as a bowling, a regular league, a bowling in general. Oh, well, then, the, yeah. I mean, it's completely fraudulent, team. though. So, the pin spotters, right? Like the pin spotters aren't exactly putting the pins in the correct place every shot, right? Pin the machines are putting pins differently all over. That affects a lot of like your luck, right? On how you score and succeed. Um, I'm just saying, I think the reason why bowling is a sport on where it is these days is because of that fact, where if I, you could make a ton of bad shots and actually bowl pretty good, but in other sports, 
if I make bad shots or, or I, um, you know, make a, a, a bad shot, I'm not going to actually see a lot of success. Yeah, but Sherry in the chat saying even on the tougher shots, you can catch some good breaks. Yeah, I understand. But you're you're not going to catch them to a high enough degree that it's really going to matter in the long run. Right. And and that's that's part of the point that I want to make to to Rob is that I think this is why Rob is is bowling is a sport that's meant to be played over the long run. Right? It's a sport that's meant to have a lot of games and a lot of competition involved in 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 you know crowning somebody the winner of a competition. Right. And the reason is because the longer you bowl and the more games you bowl, you would imagine that the luck factor would factor less into it, right? And that the quality of shots and the quality of, of the of the competitor is going to factor more into it. Uh, I generally agree with that. I disagree with you when you say that bowling isn't popular partly because of this. And here's why. Look at poker. I mean, poker is so much based on luck where you don't even really have to know the 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 intricacies of the game to get into a game and play well or get into a poker tournament and end up winning and and that's extremely popular and that's been popular for like two decades now so I don't know if it's the luck I I think that you know people might not understand when something lucky happens uh you know we can we can go deeper with this discussion if you want and talk about whether you know, rule changes would be needed in bowling for lucky shots, but that kind of goes against the rules of the game, which are just knock down the 10 pins however you want. You know, we all look at a crossover as a good break for one guy and a bad break for another, but the fact of the matter is is that that person accomplished the objective of the game the same way somebody else does who actually hits the pocket. And, and I, I don't think that, you know, I want to lose sight of that as well. So is it a no. factor? Yes, over the longer halls of competition, is that luck likely to be less of a factor? Yes, you know, but is it going to affect things here and there? Yeah, of course it is. You know, that's well, that's the way the game goes. I think that's why, and this is kind of a, a weird take uh, on what I was saying is, I think that's why the high roller was so, uh, so much fun yet so frustrating and so entertaining to watch, because when you're deciding. $100,000 or $250,000 tournament on a one-game match on a brutal shot on a lot of bowlers who aren't pros or amateurs, there's so much luck involved in not only the draw on who you bowl, but on the actual game, how it plays out. It was one of the very well-known like things about the high roller where you could draw somebody who was – essentially 50 pins less of an average than you and lose to them because they crossed over three times, went through the nose once. That happened Every to me. That happened to me yeah. when I went to the high roller. Dude, it happens to everybody, but that's the reason why the high roller was so yeah, entertaining. But, but but at the same time, there's a lot of guys who have a story about losing a match at the high roller to luck, but I don't think there's anybody out there that has a story about winning the high roller because they had continuous luck. And I want to be clear here. Stephen P. in the chat asked me, am I saying that skill doesn't matter in poker? No, I play poker. I know skill matters. My point is more so that it's a game that involves luck to a point where someone with a lower skill level, because of the luck in a short run, could could easily compete with someone at, at a higher level in the game. If they're catching again, the cards, right? Again, in the short run. 
in the short right. run. Right. Over the just like just like I said with bowling, over the long run of things, you know, you're definitely likely to see a, a more di uh, direct result of skill in the game. But over that shorter run, I think that luck is going to factor more into it. I find it very ironic that we're that we're discussing this, Rob. When uh, when Jimmy and Inside Bowling sent out Chris Barnes' two hundred and fifty thousand dollar crossover uh, yeah, over I, the weekend, I, I, you know. So, so listen, it happens. Here, here, you know, Mike. Great question. Can the high roller ever come back? Let's pray to God that they could bring that tournament back because I feel like if they could run a streaming service to stream those matches, so people can watch them with some maybe some commentary like they do with the tournaments these days, I feel like that would be so much more of an entertainment factor for people watching at home when they could actually see these one game matches now where they would take place mike carolier or bolero carolier would be an amazing location and facility to run a hundred thousand dollar one game match tournament high roller well first of all because, it would have to be way more than a hundred thousand you know if we're bringing it back it's got to be a million they tried okay. that and nobody wanted a bolt they did. There was well, a, that was going to be my point. Who's going to bowl? Where are you getting the entries from? You get where are you getting from? the entries from? You run a tournament with any kind of high value of an entry fee or a prize. The only guys that are going to show up are the best in the world, and they're already out there bowling on tour. So right. those guys yeah, will show up. But outside of those guys, you ain't going to get many people. You ain't going to get the amateur bowlers to show up and bowl against the pros. No, you're, not, you're, you're shutting the pros out. It's an amateur tournament, first off. Let's just put it like that. If you have a pro card, oh. you're not bowling. Nah, okay. that's bullshit. I'm not right. with that. It's a you high bring, roller. Nah, you, you bring you something. Nah, you bring something like this back. You got to let everybody in it. No, that's bullshit. No bullshit. Why should the yeah. pros be allowed to bowl against amateurs? Yeah, no, you got to because no, because it no. needs to be that big of an event in the bowl in the bowling no, world. Because you're shutting out all the make it an amateur strictly amateur tournament. Make it 150, 200 thousand dollars for first place, dude. What look what the tat does. Dude, the tap brings in hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people every year, and they don't let the pros bowl. There's a reason why all the amateurs bowl, and they're bowling for twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars. Dude, you put a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand on top. Dude, you run sweepers during the week, ten, fifteen thousand dollars sweepers. You 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 limit it to amateurs. You put the bracket action there. You bring it back. You put out a tough shot, and I guarantee you, the amateurs will come. But it has to be the right venue. It has to be the right city. It has to be the right facility. Like it can't be somewhere like where I think the the what killed the high roller in my opinion was once they moved it to Samstown. Samstown was a small considering where they had it at Castaways or Showboat, which was a hundred six lanes. They moved to Samstown, which had forty or fifty lanes, and Samstown wasn't exactly the greatest facility either. So people were traveling there, and it was just way too much going on that week. But I would love to bring that tournament back because of the fact where we would actually be able to stream it and people could actually watch to how great of an entertainment value those one-game pretty much luck factor matches were. And I've been a part of all those one-game luck matches. Dude, being a part of something like that where it was a $1,200 entry or an $800 entry and you have one game, no losers bracket, you bowl one game and you're out, the craziest shit happens. And it's it was a, a pleasure to be a part of that tournament. And I will tell stories of the high roller until I die. No doubt. All right, Rob. Uh, let's give the people what they want. Let's yes, give the sir. people what they come for.
All so, right, Rob, you want to go? You want me to go? What do you want to do? I'll go because I think mine, you know, is a pretty good one. It's just a really epitome of 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 worst of the week. I feel like probably the cover page of our worst of the week logo. Uh, so um, this gentleman named Mike O'Mara, congratulations, buddy. You've done it. You've made worst of the week. You can tell all your friends at home, your family, you did it. You accomplished your goal. I had I had this one too. For I hammer bowling? A, yeah, I had this as a possibility. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you got to then read Darren Tang's post because that's a front row. I got that one. I got that one too. Okay. okay. So you someone – Mike, 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 I hope I'm saying your name right. Ruther says, wow, the smallest TV show is worst of the week. <laughs> They're going to win every week. So Michael Mara, congrats. If you know him, congratulate him. Tell him to watch. He's, he's on Sweep the Rack. His post, asking for a friend. Is there a hammer ball or any other that has a reputation for taking out the 10 pin for a righty? Question mark. terrible that's so bad i mean is uh, that's got to be a troll comment at this point no it's just terrible so bad anyway i i don't think that we really need to comment further on that but let mike buddy i want you i want to ask you something or bring it to your attention if you find that ball that is known for taking out the 10 pin can you please let us know let me know because i would mike I would love to buy a ball and put it in my arsenal where I know that I'm not going to leave any 10 pins. Could you imagine the advantage I would have? I would you how many balls would you drill if you knew you weren't going to leave a 10 pin? Let uh let Bill O'Neill know about that one too if you find it there. Yeah, let yeah, me sure. Please appreciate it. Yeah. Uh all right. Mine, I don't have the person's name. I do not have the name here. All I have is a, a YouTube account initial. Uh, hold on. I got to bring it up. And that is S. This is whoever S is under the uh, Darren Tang YouTube channel. Uh, the video, Should You Really Exchange Your Band Storm Balls? So in this video, uh, Darren and Chris Vi they were talking about possible replacements for some of the balls that you might be sending back, right? Fair giving question. their suggestions. Giving a lot their of people are asking that. A lot of people are out yeah, there asking. Yeah, and, and like, you know, clearly these are guys it's that have bowled. They bowl for Storm. They bowled for them for a while. Like, they understand. They know. Yeah, they, they know. know. Okay. So they're making these suggestions in the video, and this guy, S, that's the that's the avatar S, uh, not initial X, here. Not X, S. Right, not Mr. X. This is Mr. Mr. X, S. I guess. Mr. He says the following. Darren is flat out wrong about a dark code being a replacement for the altered reality. The dark code is too weak in the back end. The gem is a better replacement with the same strong back end response. Oh, my, oh my God. No, <laughs> no, dude. That I mean. Is, oh, my God. Have you thrown can a I, dark can code? Can I say <laughs> something, though? Can I say something, though? Like. This this is the bowling community's fault that we have people <laughs> in the bowling there community that think that they know better than someone who does this for a living US and like Open throws winner. these balls every day, day in and day out. Who yeah. won the U.S. Open? <laughs> so so like 
that's where we're at. You know, but, but you know, this, this spreads to other things. It's like, not only do we have people in the bowling community going on professional bowlers, YouTube pages and telling them they're wrong. You got people who call themselves pros that aren't really pros. You got people who claim to be coaches that, that don't know anything. You know, you got people who shoot honor scores that, that, that really, they have no value. So, you know, it's not surprising. It's, it's not surprising, but it's sad. It is. It's sad to me. So S, whoever you are, yo, kick rocks, dude. Seriously. Like, like, where are these people coming from? That's a good question, Mike. I don't know. They're coming. Without these people, though, we wouldn't have rest of the week. They're coming from 5th and Japit, yo. That's where they're coming from. They don't even know where they're at. They're coming from 5th and Japit. Oh, my God. All right, well, Rob. Give them what they want. Worst of the week is getting bad. I know we it's, might have to. It's getting. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. We might have to uh, start some new some new segments. Uh, we're know. not getting rid of worst of the week. We no, just got to we, we got to tap into other sources. I think we got to yeah. find some other sources. I oh, is that. someone is someone asking if we like beef? Yeah, we love beef. <laughs> My, we Mike love beef, beef scuffed. We <laughs> love. I love beef. I thrive. You're asking I, the right. I put bounties on trolls that start beef. Okay, so let's be clear. I love it on Twitch too. Coming in hot on Twitch. <laughs> okay. Anyway, final oh, thoughts. Oh, like, what we are gentlemen of taste. We are I love gentlemen it. of taste. We oh, watch the beef. I don't know. That's a strange comment. It's a very strange comment. Uh, Vic it. is asking any more rosin bags in stock. Yeah, Vic, yes, we three. have we have a few. We have a few left. If you want one, email us. All right, email us. We can we can. Uh... Dude, we got all the people coming in from Twitch. I like Turkey, the British monster. Yeah, uh, Jim. Jimmy's yeah. asking if we're on Twitch. Yeah, I think I think Rob got us on Twitch. Uh, yeah, we're there. Back. No one watches us on Twitch, but I guess we have some new people. You disgusting man, beef only. <laughs> you like Turkey? What is yeah, going on right yo. now? <laughs> what is it. what is with these comments? Yo, these Twitch people are wild, son. <laughs> These Twitch, these Twitch people are off the chain. What is up? Dude, uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, so my final thought. My final thought this week. I got to give a shout out. Uh, you see this right behind me here? Right here? This? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a new new thing in my background right here. Yeah, uh, actually, you know what? I should probably grab it. Can I grab it? Yeah, what grab is that? It. Let me grab it. I got to give a shout out to someone here. It's a, uh, a little yeah, model. Eagles helmet uh, signed by Asante Samuel, former Eagle Asante Samuel. Uh, so yeah, got in the got this in the mail today, and uh, you know arrived to me, and I was like, where did this come from? Why is this arriving at my door? And then I remembered that an old friend of mine, old bowling college bowling friend of mine, uh, shout to too small Dan Dunleavy, had hit me up last week and said, yo, send me your address. I have something here. He won it in some sort of online contest. And he's a Giants fan, and he does collect sports memorabilia, but he's a Giants fan, so he will not allow any Eagles or uh, uh, Cowboys memorabilia to remain in his household. So, uh, therefore, he sent it to me. So, shout to Danny. You know, back in college, I hear a very generous guy these days. In college, he would harass me for days uh, over 50 cents he loaned me to get a soda. But, you know, today, clearly he's balling because he's sending me uh, you know, sports memorabilia in the mail, you know, just just out out of the kindness of his heart. So I appreciate that. 
Dude, that's that's the great gift. I love sports memorabilia. My best sports memorabilia that I have is a um a signed Mookie Wilson Bill Buckner poster of the ball actually going through Bill Buckner's legs in the 86 World Series. Um, which is my one of my favorite things. So uh I, I, I love memorabilia. I got a few other things too. Um that's um Lou, Lou from my league. What's up, Lou? What's going on? Uh, did we see the Brian Voss op-ed on how to fix the sport? Uh, I joined late. Uh, I've seen his post. Uh, we, we haven't really brought those up on here, Rob. We have tried to get them on the show, and we haven't been successful in that. So uh, if any of you – and, Lou, I saw he responded to your post on Facebook. So I don't know. Maybe maybe hit him up in a, in a private message and tell him, yo, check these guys out on Sweet the Rack on their yo, show. I'd we, love, oh, we would I'd absolutely love to have him, love to have him and, and have a conversation with him. You know, I'll be honest, um, some of the stuff that I see from him online, it's like it's very extreme. It's very extreme in terms of his views on things. I I believe, Lou, on the post that he commented on that you put up, um, he actually suggested that at a, at a certain point there would probably be two different divisions of the game where you would have two-handed and one-handed and have different divisions for, for those players. Um I don't know. Seems very extreme to me. Uh, I think I think this would require a longer conversation about how to address some of the um, changes going on in in, in high level bowling right now. Uh, and and you know, Lou and I, in full disclosure, we bowl together on Tuesday nights, so we talk about this stuff a lot. And last night, I was suggesting to Lou, Rob, that. You know, one of the things that I would like to see change before we make any drastic changes to what's going on out there, um, I would like to see some more some more variety in the patterns and, and more research done in terms of what can be done on the lane to change what the players do. You know, maybe research with oil uh, in terms of what effect that's going to have or, you know, can we find a type of oil that's not going to allow the lane to be manipulated uh, as much, so just just a thought, anyway. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd like to get him on the show to get his viewpoints to see what his th- his thoughts are. <laughs> yeah, this guy is tripping. Yo, man. Yo. He wants to be a little yo. better. I lost thirty pounds. That's, that's the comment of the night. Yo, that's yeah, that's amazing. Congrats, British, the British monster who's scary. Um, is that Stu? Is that Stu? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <That> could be. <laughs> That's awesome if it was. Oh, my um, goodness. Anyway, yeah. Uh, final thoughts, really. Just, you know, looking forward to practice a little bit this weekend. Uh, bowl, um, get back yeah, on the lanes a little bit. I got the tournament. Yeah, looking forward to watching bowling as well. You know, checking out yeah. checking out the action. Yeah, so, all right. Friday and Sunday, FYI. Anybody wants to know uh, the, the schedule this, this weekend, uh, they're both bowling Saturday uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern. On FS1, Simo is bowling Maldonado. Butcher is bowling AJ Johnson, and then Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Tackett bowls Svensson and Tommy Jones bowling Kyle Sherman. Uh, yeah. So some interesting matches, man. Um, you know, check it out this weekend. All on FS1. Set your your DVRs if you're going to be out with the fam on this holiday weekend. Mike, enjoy your holiday uh, with the Easter Bunny, and uh, I know. The Easter egg hunt, probably, I'd imagine that's going down. Um, yeah, and uh, hey, check us out on our YouTube channel, Sweep the Rack Bowling. Uh, Twitter is always fun, Brooklyn Rob 11. Mike's I'm at the 215th on Twitter. 
Check us out. We're always active on there while Bowen's on. Uh, Rob, enjoy your practice or enjoy your event this weekend. Uh, you know, we'll be on Twitter, I'm sure, going back and forth. Sure. Uh, you know, talking about how we bowled and whatnot. So, um, all right, folks, have a good week. We'll see you here Thanks next you, Wednesday. Man. Enjoy have the bowling. Later. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.